Today is the 31st day of January, and we all know what that means. This is the last day of the first month of the year. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Uh, we're about to f uh, complete our first full month together. And I don't know about you, but when God is speaking to me through his word this month, I have pages and pages of, uh, of journal notes. And I am eager. I am hungry uh, for all that God will speak to us uh, uh, throughout the rest of this year. But let's not get ahead of ourselves or behind ourselves. Let's be here now doing what we're doing, which is taking the next step forward and allowing uh, God's work word to open up to us. We're reading from the Common English Bible this week, and uh, we're picking up the story of the plagues and uh, the, the Egyptians, and we're coming to a conclusion on that pretty dramatic retelling of, uh, of God freeing his people from slavery. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14 through 13, verse 16 today. This day will be a day of remembering for you. You will observe it as a festival to the Lord. You will observe it in every generation as a regulation for all time. You will eat unleavened bread for seven days. On the first day you must remove yeast from your houses because anyone who eats leavened bread any time during those seven days will be cut off from Israel. The first day and the seventh day will be a holy occasion for you. No work at all should be done on those days, except for preparing the food that everyone is going to eat. That is the only work you may do. You should observe the festival of unleavened bread, because on this precise day I brought you out of the land of Egypt in military formation. You should observe this day in every generation as a regulation for all time. In the first month, from the evening of the fourteenth day until the evening of the twenty-first day, you should eat unleavened bread. For seven days no yeast should be found in your houses, because whoever eats leavened bread will be cut off from the Israelite community, whether the person is an immigrant or a native of the land. You should not eat anything made with yeast in all your settlements. You should eat only unleavened bread. Then Moses called together all of Israel's elders and said to them, Go, pick out one of the flock for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood that is in the bowl, and touch the beam above the door and the two doorposts with the blood in the bowl. None of you should go out the door of your house until morning. When the Lord comes by to strike down the Egyptians and sees the blood on the beam above the door and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over that door. He won't let the destroyer enter your houses to strike you down. You should observe this ritual as a regulation for all time for you and your children. When you enter the land that the Lord has promised to give you, 
Be sure that you observe this ritual. And when your children ask you, what does this ritual mean to you? You will say, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord. For the Lord passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. When he struck down the Egyptians, he spared our houses. The people then bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites went and did exactly what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron to do. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn offspring in the land of Egypt, from the oldest child of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the oldest child of the prisoner in jail and all the first offspring of the animals. When Pharaoh, all his officials, and all the Egyptians got up that night, a terrible cry of agony ran out across Egypt because every house had someone in it who had died. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron that night and said, Get up, get away from my people. Both you and the Israelites, go, worship the Lord as you said. You can even take your flocks and herds as you asked. Just go and bring a blessing on me as well. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the land because they thought we'll all be dead. So the people picked up their bread dough before the yeast made it rise with their bread pans wrapped in their robes on their shoulders. The Israelites did as Moses had told them and asked the Egyptians for their silver and gold jewelry as well as their clothing. The Lord made sure that the Egyptians were kind to the people so that they let them have whatever they asked for, and so they robbed the Egyptians. The Israelites traveled from Ramses to Succoth. They numbered about 600,000 men on foot, besides children. A diverse crowd also went up with them along with a huge number of livestock, both flocks and herds. They baked unleavened cakes from the dough they had brought out of Egypt. The dough didn't rise because they were all driven out of Egypt and they couldn't wait. In fact, they didn't have time to prepare any food for themselves. The length of time that the Israelites had lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that precise day, all the Lord's people in military formation left the land of Egypt. For the Lord, that was a night of intent watching to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For all Israelites in every generation, this same night is a time of intent watching to honor the Lord. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the regulation for the Passover. No foreigner may eat it. However, any slave who has been bought may eat it after he's been circumcised. No temporary foreign resident or day laborer may eat it. It should be eaten in one house. You shouldn't take any of the meat outside the house and you shouldn't break the bones. The whole Israelite community should observe it. 
If an immigrant who lives with you wants to observe the Passover to the Lord, then he and all his males should be circumcised. Then he may join in observing it. He should be regarded as a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person may eat it. There will be one instruction for the native and for the immigrant who lives with you. All the Israelites did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. On that precise day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt in military formation. The Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me all your oldest children, each first offspring from any Israelite womb belongs to me, whether human or animal. Moses said to the people, Remember this day, which is the day that you came out of Egypt, out of the place you were slaves, because the Lord acted with power to bring you out of there. No leavened bread may be eaten. Today, in the month of Abib, you are going to leave. The Lord will bring you to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. It is the land that the Lord promised your ancestors to give to you, a land full of milk and honey. You should perform this ritual in this month. You must eat unleavened bread for seven days. The seventh day is a festival to the Lord. Only unleavened bread should be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread and no yeast should be seen among you in your whole country. You should explain to your child on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. It will be a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead so that you will often discuss the Lord's instruction. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with great power. So you should follow this regulation at its appointed time every year. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as promised to you and your ancestors, you should set aside for the Lord whatever comes out of the womb first. All of the first males born to your animal belong to the Lord, but every first male donkey you should ransom with a sheep. If you don't ransom it, you must break its neck. You should ransom every oldest male among your children. When in the future your child asks you, what does this mean? You should answer, the Lord brought us with great power out of Egypt out of the place we were slaves. When Pharaoh refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the oldest offspring in the land of Egypt, from the oldest sons to the oldest male animals. That is why I offer to the Lord as a sacrifice every male that first comes out of the womb. But I ransom my oldest sons. It will be a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with great power. Matthew 20, 
29 through 21, 22. As Jesus and his disciples were going out of Jericho, a large crowd followed him. When two blind men sitting along the road heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Show us mercy, Lord, son of David. Jesus stopped in his tracks and called to them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, we want to see they replied. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they were able to see, and they followed him. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, Go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything to you, say that the Lord needs it. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this? they asked. The crowds answered, It's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple and threw out all those who were selling and buying there. He pushed over the tables used for currency exchange and the chairs of those who sold doves. He said to them, It's written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you made it a hideout for crooks. People who were blind and lame came to Jesus in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and legal experts saw the amazing things he was doing and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were angry. They said to Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, he answered. Haven't you ever read? From the mouths of babies and infants, you've arranged praise for yourself? Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there. Early in the morning as Jesus was returning to the city, he was hungry. He saw a fig tree along the road, but when he came to it, he found nothing except leaves. Then he said to it, You'll never again bear fruit. The fig tree dried up at once. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed. How did the fig tree dry up so fast? They asked. 
Jesus responded, I assure you that if you have faith and don't doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, you will even say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the lake, and it will happen. If you have faith, you will receive whatever you pray for. Psalm 25, 16-22 Turn to me, God, and have mercy on me, because I'm alone and suffering. My heart's troubles keep getting bigger. Set me free from my distress. Look at my suffering and trouble. Forgive all my sins. Look at how many enemies I have and how violently they hate me. Please protect my life. Deliver me. Don't let me be put to shame because I take refuge in you. Let integrity and virtue guard me because I hope in you. Please, God, save Israel from all its troubles. Proverbs 6, 12-15 Worthless people and guilty people go around with crooked talk. They wink their eyes, gesture with their feet, and point with their fingers. Their hearts are corrupt and determined to do evil. They create controversies all the time. Therefore, sudden disaster will come upon them. They will be quickly broken beyond healing. Okay, so in the book of Exodus, uh, the final plague descended upon Egypt, which was the death of the firstborn, which certainly caused the Egyptians to drive the Israelites uh, out. So we're just completing our first month together, like our first month in the Bible. And so we can stand here together around this global campfire and look backward and see just how much ground we have covered in 31 days. And we end this month on a pretty high note, freedom. And so let's let's look at the lay of the land as we close this month and begin to to begin the second month of the year. Let's just kind of orient ourselves. So the children of Israel have just been set free from slavery, and almost immediately God is uh, handing down traditions that they're to follow in all of their future generations. So all of a sudden, ritual begins to come into the story like immediately. And this gives us a pretty good opportunity to talk about uh, about the Old Testament and the New Testament and what's going on. So here in the book of Exodus, uh, we're millennia from the birth of Jesus. So where we sit in the book of Exodus is a couple thousand years before Jesus was born. And then where we sit today is a couple thousand years after so where we are in the continuum is that Jesus is kind of in the middle of this, this scenario. 
which uh, is a great metaphor. We could probably um, come up with something something cool to talk about that, but that's just where it is in time. Jesus, from where we are to where Moses was, Jesus is kind of in the middle there. So the children of Israel are just walking into their freedom. But before they will have their promised land, they have to completely be transformed. Right? They're slaves. This is all they know. For 430 years, all they've known is slavery. So um, they have to be washed clean of that identity and set up a whole infrastructure and culture uh, that would allow them to be free people, uh, independent people. So uh, what's going to come later is that God is going to give them the law, right? And, and it will be extensive and we will read it in its entirety. And that Mosaic law will govern the culture and the people. And this will still be going on when Jesus comes, which moves us into the book of Matthew. And we get an opportunity to look at this law, this, this thing that kind of encompasses how they are to behave and relate to God and one another. Jesus was born into that system and he grew up and began to minister from that context, that paradigm. And yet his entire ministry, he's critiquing the religious system, right? Like that's what he's critiquing. So Jesus, God in the flesh comes and critiques what has become of the law and what has been and how it has been used to in some ways in re-enslave the people but that was not its intention and we get clues about that in today's reading from exodus because the people have just been set free and they are walking out of egypt out into the desert and god begins to give them traditions this is what you're supposed to do every year on this day and the reason is so that they won't forget what happened. So he's baking in ritual into their culture and he flat out tells them the reason is so that in future generations, when your children ask you, why are we doing this stuff? You can tell them it's because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. So God is instituting rituals and customs and he will institute laws. And, uh, you know, and th some of them will be archaic to our way of living in the world today. But they weren't at the time. They were contemporary at the time. And so God will give these laws and we can read them and go, the law, the law, man, there's just so many rules and regulations. Who could ever live up to this? And that would be true. No one will be able to perfectly obey the law because the law wasn't only about behavior modification like this is what you can do and this is what you can't do within your physical body this is how you are to behave right god was instituting laws that were connected to the heart so that the hebrew people could live their lives and have constant reminders in every conceivable way about where they came from who they are who god is and where they're going it was baked in. By the time that Jesus had come, the children of Israel had been through exiles. Many of the tribes were utterly um, gone. They disappeared. They'd been assimilated into other people groups. 
And the, the law remained, but it, it wasn't this thing connected to the heart that continually reminded people of their identity. It was the rules. It was the rules that you must obey so that a vengeful God will not come down and smite you. And it was also used to control the population. So Jesus, God, the same being who gave the law, came in person at a specific time and used his ministry in many ways to critique what had become of the law. So Jesus comes in and starts saying things and starts breaking traditions and starts rattling the cages and getting people angry with him. But what does he have to say about it? I'm looking for people with eyes to see and ears to hear. And of course, it was, it was the religious establishment that didn't have either of those. And they conspired and successfully killed Jesus, which is the territory that we're moving into in the book of Matthew and that we'll be seeing for the first time in the coming days. That's the lay of the land in the Bible. Now we're 2,000 years in the future and we have to critique ourselves because so often it still does boil back down to the rules. Maybe we're not following the Mosaic law anymore, but we've distilled Jesus' teaching da teachings down to do's and don'ts and somehow feel like it's our responsibility to troll everything from the internet to our church pews for uh, uh, as appointed deputies to sniff out sin. And yet Jesus' response to that would be, sniff out your own sin. Believe me, it smells enough. You don't gotta go smell the sin of everybody else. Or in his own vernacular, get the log out of your own eye before you try to get the speck out of your brothers. So the month of January has given us a swift kick in the pants on a number of levels and has touched a lot of places inside of us and has brought us a lot of context for the story that we're not only living through as we read the Bible, but the story we're living in in our lives. And if we'll just let it come like we are day by day, wave after wave, as every day we come in out of the cold and come into the warmth of the global campfire, each and every day we're given something. We don't have to assimilate all of this all of the time. Like so much has happened in January alone in the Bible that we, we could just start over and keep doing January the whole year. There's enough here. What we need to do is relax. God will bring us what we need to live into today. Let's live into what the scriptures bring us today. If we can live into what he brings us each and every day, in the course of the year, he will, <laughs> he will touch everything. And so, Father, we thank you for this month. Uh, 
you are big on commemorating and remembering things. And so we commemorate and we remember that we have journeyed one month together in this year. And we have 11 to go and we are committing ourselves because you are speaking to us and things are shifting and it's un it's unexplainable because you're working from within. So come Holy Spirit, we mark this day. We have made it a month. Give us the strength, the commitment, the endurance and perseverance to continue for the next month. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here, so be sure to stay connected. Uh, you can visit the Daily Audio Bible shop. There are a number of resources that are available to take you through this journey. Uh, like the Daily Audio Bible journals, uh, uh, the Blackwing writing uh, paraphernalia that uh, that I'm a big fan of and use every day. The, these are resources to commemorate, to write down so that you can review and remember, remember who you are, where you've come from, who God is, where you're going. God told the children of Israel to write these things down and he, he baked in rituals and customs so that they wouldn't forget. So this is just a modern version of that. And of course, you can go anywhere you want, buy whatever journal you want, whatever you want to write with. That's fine. We have these resources available for this purpose. If God's going to speak, we should be taking notes. And if we're going to read the Bible, then God is speaking. Uh, there are other resources available, uh, uh, like some of the things that we were just talking about. Uh, as we're contextualizing where we are and looking at the life of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, there's a longer discussion about, about this beautiful Savior and uh, what he means to our humanity because we're so often living our lives confused and waiting to die, basically. When Jesus transforms the way we are supposed to be human, and that discussion can be found in uh, in the resource called Sneezing Jesus. And, uh, and all, all of the resources uh, that we've ever created at Daily Eddie Bible have, have been have been to further the journey, to make it go deeper, to allow this transformation to be permanent, to create irreversible change in our lives. So uh, so check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if uh, you've gone through this month and, and light and life has come into your world and you're beginning to find a rhythm, if this is bringing life to you, then thank you for being life-giving because what we've done and what we are doing is something that we are doing together, right? It makes no sense for me to do this by myself. I could be my introverted self and just do it quietly we're in this together and what we've done we've done together and what we've done has been pretty remarkable and so if it, it, it has been a life-giving thing to you then thank you for being a, a life-giving source back to the community there's a link on the homepage of dailyaudiobible.com 
If you are using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or, if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, Daily Audio Bible. This is Isabel from Australia. Um, the Lord has just been really burdening my heart to um, pray for Margot from Australia that's gone to her mission trip with her husband. Margot, the Lord is with you. Don't ever feel that you're by yourself. He has called you and your husband. You're not alone. The Lord's with you. All the Daily Audio Bible family are praying for you too. And we love you. You know, just keep your chin up. Just keep on trusting in the Lord. I've been praying for you, and I know that the Lord is with you. And just don't stress and just be happy and just see God's heart through all of this, that you're now doing a service for the Lord and you're being obedient to Him and see God's heart through all of this. And and God will bless you. In the beginning, it's hard, but then later you'll get used to the people and you start loving the people the way the Lord does. May God bless you and your husband. I'll be continuing praying for both of you and that the Lord keeps on you know, healing your heart and, and your um, anxiety about everything because I know it's a big change. But the Lord's with you and we're with you too. We love you, Margot. Bye. God bless you. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Julie from Albany. Thank you for your prayers for my younger brother. Um... This morning I'm calling, I'm calling for you, Angela, in California. Angela, as I was listening this morning to other prayers, some things that Mike from London was saying, I felt were, you just can't replace these words. First of all, I'm just sharing. I feel like I I agree with this. God feels our pain. God can heal all. Always pray. Lean on Him. Let Him be there for you. Just believe. He will take care of us. But we, here's the kicker. We have to let Him. Our prayers don't go unanswered. So pray, be in peace. I pray that the Lord heal your depression. I pray that he heal all those bad thoughts that you're having. I pray that he bless you and lead you in the path to get the right help that you need to get you through this. And there is no, nothing bad in that. As a nurse of 35 years, I say, it's okay. And I pray that the Lord, I pray that the Lord will direct you in that path because you are beautiful. You are irreplaceable. God doesn't make junk. So I hear you, and I'm praying for you, Angela, and I'm going to pray and pray and pray and pray for you that all will be well. This too shall pass. Just believe. Just pray to him, Angela, with all of your heart and soul. We love you. Hi, family. I'm just calling for Angela from California. Now, you called in saying that you had 
suicidal thoughts and you want to take your life. I'm just calling to, number one, cancel the assignment over her life from the enemy. And I, I bind them right now and I cast them out. All of you evil spirits, suicide spirits, spirits of torment, spirits of depression, out in Jesus' name. And I ask, Lord, for the peace to, that surpasses all understanding to, to come over Angela. That she may be strengthened and that she can get through this. Because with God, all things are possible. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the family. Thank you for this daily audio Bible. And we trust you and we love you. Amen. Hello, DAB family. This is Shante calling from Metro Detroit. And I am calling in today to say hello <laughs> to everybody. And I can't stress it enough. Um, if you are going through something and you have burdens, give them to the Lord. But also call into the DAB. Let us pray for you. Um, because when I called in last time, and many times previously as well, um, to get my prayer request, and I hang up the phone and instantly I feel God's peace in such an, an intense level. And it's, it's all of our prayers just joining together. There's power in numbers. And uh, we, we don't have to go through this alone. When you call in, that's what Brian tells you when you, when you call into the... Uh, the hotline or whatever you want to call it, our, our, our family line or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I really encourage you all to, uh, to call in and just want to let you all know that I'm doing much better. My circumstances haven't changed all that much, but my perspective and God's peace is just upon me. And each time I have anxious thoughts, I just give them to the Lord. And um, I just, I really encourage you all call in. Um, let us know how you're doing and know that you are loved. Know that there are thousands upon thousands praying for you. So um, I will talk with you all later. Love you all. Bye-bye. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Bridget from New York City again. I just heard Angela's prayer request. Um, today is January 24th. Um, Angela, I'm, I'm just going to lift you up in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, I thank you for Angela's life. I thank you that you've given her purpose on this earth, Lord. And I just, I pray, Father, for her to see your purpose for her life, Father God. Father, you've chosen her. Your word says that you've chosen her to be a vessel of your life, Father God. Your word says that your Holy Spirit resides within her, Father God. I just pray for your Holy Spirit to give her strength, to give her mental strength, to give her emotional strength, to give her physical strength, Father. Lord, Holy Spirit can revive what is dead inside of her. So I pray for life. I pray that you would just desire life. I pray that your generational uh, legend would be life, that your story would be a story of life, that your children would see life, that you would want and desire life. For God does not call the dead. He calls the living. You are living, Angela. May the Lord bless you. The word says, may the Lord bless you, keep you, protect you. May you not be harmed. Father God, cover her mind, Lord. Surround her with warring angels, Father. Bless her mind, Father, that she may take 
every word captive and give it back to you, Lord, and that every word that comes to attack her, Father, that she would lift up the shield of faith and know that you are with her and that she would remember your words and the love that you pour into her, Father God. Angela, the Lord calls us to call out on him. Hey there, this is a call. Yeah. Angela in California. You called the prayer line on January 24th and you were talking about your um, mental illness with depression and your thoughts of suicide. And Angela, I am so thankful that you called in. It's so good for those of us who don't struggle with depression to hear what it's really like so that we can have compassion. My mother uh, struggles with bipolar disorder and I get really frustrated and I don't understand her when she's in a depressive episode. So thank you so much for your honesty and your vulnerability. Angela, I just pray for you that God gives you peace. You're clinging on to him and I promise you he won't he won't snuff you out. Continue to cling on to him. And Angela, I want to pray over you numbers six twenty four through twenty six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Angela, keep holding on and keep putting one foot in front of the other. The Lord is there with you. He loves you. And he wants to take you into a new season and heal you completely. Hang in your friend and call us back. Bye-bye.